Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to the Cricket Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Cricket Podcast, where today we've got another guest on, one of the legends of the shortest format here in England, uh, one of the sport's genuine innovators. He's currently out in the UAE, linking up with friend of the pod, Dan Weston at the Bangla Tigers. Uh, Benny Howell, how are you doing? How's it, go- how's it going out there in, in, in the UAE? It's warm. No, it's warm and the and the ball pitch, so it's good fun. <laughs> awesome. Uh, well, first things first, um, we do messages for our listeners right at the start of the show, um, but we're sponsored by Woodstock Cricket. You're sponsored by Woodstock Cricket as well, right? Yeah, it's good. What a sponsor. Lucky you. <laughs> oh, but yeah, well, you're actually a proper cricketer. We we get made to look even better. We we've got all the gear and no idea, really. Do you ever go right? Every time you do this, you got to say these cricket bats are amazing, or is it, or, or are you just like just live and breathe? Yeah, it pretty chilled. No, John is a legend. Yeah, no, it's pretty chilled. And um, obviously, when I do well, the Woodstock Woodstock uh, sponsor gets out there, and, and people can see it. So hopefully, I can carry on doing doing all right with the bat and uh, prove how good these these Woodstock bats are. Fair enough. Well, that, that's far, that's far better uh, endorsement than uh, we'll ever do in terms of uh, maybe you turn your average from twelve or to about fifteen runs a season. It's so, better, um, it's better having no gear and no idea. At least, at least you got some gear. So it's fine. Also, I don't know what Ross is talking about. I scored hundreds of runs this year. You know, there we go. I, I dominated the North East London Cricket League. Um, people <laughs> people haven't seen batting like that before. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll get back to this. Um, I think I think we've got a few sort of quite nerdy cricket questions um, for you a little bit later on uh, in 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 this interview because uh, I think you know on other podcasts some of your insight into the game has been been you know fascinating for us to hear uh, and, and I think we've got some sort of I guess follow up questions on that. Uh, but starting off with something a little bit lighter, um, Benny, I heard that you once went on holiday during the middle of. Uh, a, a cricket season is is that actually true? Did that happen? Is is, is that's the whole question? Um, yeah, at Hampshire, my last year at Hampshire, I was um, a young <coughs> um, lad, quite impulsive, and it was towards the end of the season. It was actually we didn't have any more games left in the second team as I was playing with the second team, and there's one first team game left, 
Um, I wasn't involved in the squad, so I thought, well, end of season, pretty much. I might as well go on holiday. I, at the time, I thought it was fine. I didn't really think about it. And, yeah, obviously it wasn't, wasn't ideal. wasn't fine. So I, I look back on that and think, yeah, maybe, maybe I made the wrong decision. But Paris was quite nice and Malaga was pretty fun. So it was a good time. Just it's didn't perfect time. Perfect time of year to go to Malaga, isn't it? Sort of end end of the yeah, cricket was, season. Yeah, it was end of September. Yeah, it was like middle middle September, I think. Yeah, it was quite nice. <laughs> go um, back, look at it. Look at this tan. That looks great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah. That was that's what happened. Yeah, so it did years ago now. Uh, well, for a chunk of our audience, um, you've really come to prominence in the last few years, um, particularly because of the hundred. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that experience of playing in the hundred? Well, it was, it was good fun. It really was. I mean, put performance aside, I think it was just the way they sort of marketed it and the way the crowd, you know, came into the stadium. It was packed houses pretty much every game. Um, you're playing with players, you know, top-class players, players you played against as well on county circuit. So it's it all a bit new, but it was it was really fun. And, and the way the 100 went, it was felt like a T20, but it felt like it flowed a lot better, especially in the bowling innings, probably because it was, you, know, you could bowl 10 at one end, 5-5. Five, five. Um, so, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, it was a full, obviously because of COVID, we had to be in a little bit of a bubble. But um, apart from that, it was it was really fun to be involved with, yeah. Okay, well, well, we're big fans of Birmingham Phoenix. Um, one, because of the sponsorship of Butterkist. I mean, how, how often do you get to wear a Butterkist shirt, right? Um, it's pretty cool. <laughs> um, but playing in that final, right? So T20 cricket, T10 cricket, 100 cricket. But the finals are obviously always so, so close. Um, how was it pretty, dis- I'm guessing it was disappointing to kind of not just not get it over the line, especially you're playing quite an exciting brand of cricket, as uh, as most of the commentators would say now. Yeah, it was, I think we never really were, I mean, it wasn't really that close to the end, was it, the final? So it wasn't like a heartbreaking loss, but it was It was disappointing looking back on how we played. And um, we didn't actually play badly. It was just Sterling went off on one. We didn't quite nail the last couple overs. Um, and the, the total was obviously a, li- a little bit far off our reach in the end. We needed something special from someone like Livy or or Mo. Um our top top sort of batters, but that didn't yeah. come off. And you can't expect them to do it every time. But it was just one of those things where they, the other team, obviously, they turned up on the day um, and played better than us. I know it's a cliche, but it's unfortunately, that's what happened. Yeah, well, obviously, you know, with, with the Dan Weston connection um, to this podcast, it was it was sad for us. Uh, yeah. Nothing like nothing like being there. But um, but we we did want you to win for what that's worth. Um, I, I have a question, sort of going back to well about three years now or whatever it is to to the 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 conception of the the tournament and and then the draft what's it like as a player to sit through a draft and and to you know not know when your name might be read or read out or or have an idea that your name might be read out but not sure you know when and by who um can you can you give us a a, like a a player's eye view of that process because it looks you know it must be pretty nerve-wracking right I wouldn't recommend sitting through something like that. I mean, afterwards, it was a big relief when you get picked up. Um, and I was lucky enough to be picked up relatively relatively high. But still, that wait until then was was long because even though deep down you know you, you should be in there and you should be there at an all right price if they're going on what you've done in the blast and, and whatnot, but you just never know. You never know what's going to happen because there were some guys who who probably could have been a lot higher and they were right down the bottom. And it, the wait is just... 
it's excruciating sometimes. Yeah. Um, I know, I know the guys who just missed out and, and had to wait the whole draft in the end, they were obviously bitterly disappointed, but seeing through that was, especially for them would have been, would have been tough, but, um, it's exciting as well. I mean, it's, it's great because it's, uh, if you get picked up, it's fantastic. So it's, it's a really weird experience really. Yeah. Do you have like a hype man? Like, like, like your, is your agent kind of around? Kind of be like, don't worry, mate. He's got, got your, his hands on your shoulders. Be like, it's, it's really fine. Is he <laughs> kind of just trying, trying to go to talk you through the process? I had, a, I think it was, I'm always the draft. I can't even remember. It was off season. I remember, I just remember sitting down on the couch, just had a, had a, had a few snacks and a few beers just to mm. just calm it down, just have a little watch and try and enjoy it. But it was still nerve wracking. But uh, yeah, no, it was, um, it was an interesting watch, but I was obviously when 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 my name get called out, it was um, I actually no, in fact I didn't actually hear my name get called out. I uh, thought it was the end of the round. I was like, okay, I wait for the next round, and then I was just I went to get a drink, came back, and I saw my name, uh, my face on the screen saying I got drafted or something from the last last round. I was like, oh, you missed the what? great moment. <laughs> I was yeah, I know, I was shocked, and then after about five seconds, kicked in, and I was like, come on, let's celebrate. <laughs> uh, nice. <laughs> um but in addition to the hundreds uh, you've you've also started to get quite a few gigs in in other short format competitions around the world um you know the blast you've been out in bangladesh uh you're out in the t10 at the moment what's we talked a little bit about this off air but what's what's the difference in preparation say between a hundred match a blast match and a t20 t10 league match um the, the, the fran- a lot of franchise tournaments the ones i played overseas um, you don't, in terms of like pre-game preparation, you don't really warm up the same as you would in a blast. The blast, a lot of guys get there two and a half hours before, have their like power hitting, you know, out in the middle and everything, and then like a proper warm up. But here, you literally you go in there because there's always games on before. Um, there's a few games on in one day, and you just sort of crack on. You just the coaches are there to just sort of do whatever you want to do. Really, it's very, it's a lot more relaxed in franchise, a lot more relaxed than it is in in uh, the blast, especially. But um, it's it's it's, in, it's weird because a lot of the guys there, there's some guys who've played international cricket for a long time. For them, it's probably chilled out. You know what I mean? So I think you've got to sort of embrace that vibe a bit. Um, whereas in the county blast, you're playing with your county, your teammates you play with. You know that season, the last few seasons. So you know you always it's just, you feel a little bit more. You know, like you want to do well in in the sense of for your mates. But here it's like you want to do well, but it's it's a lot more relaxed. If that That's makes any sense, yeah, I'd almost have thought as an outsider, it would be kind of the other way around that the you know the the more money someone throws at something, the more you as a player have to to knuckle down and be professional and so on. But yeah, yeah it's interesting. It's I think because there's so many games in like a short period in franchise cricket that you haven't really got time to like all your work's done before that. You sort of a lot of the lot of the guys are just like to chill out, and you have to because if you're playing every day, every other day. You can't. You haven't got time to do these long warm ups or these long training sessions. You just you got to be ready. You got to be just warm up and ready to go. To be honest, um, yes, you want to do well, but at the same time, I think the vibe of franchise cricket is very relaxed, very um, chilled out. So I think you got to embrace that vibe. You're on the uh, like Ledley King training program, where it's just like I'll just go for a swim. I don't, I don't need yeah. to go running yeah. or anything. I'll just go. I'll just go and do water aerobics with the with the pensioners who are in this uh, nice hotel in Dubai. Yeah. It's a lot like that. So a lot of the older guys definitely don't do much. They literally don't do anything. They chill and just play. Mm-hmm. Um, but the young guys who are part of the team, they they like to just they like to stay active. Obviously, their bodies can probably allow it. But 
yeah I, I i enjoy training but i've had to learn to sort of tone down a little bit especially when there's a lot of games on it's quite tough imagine um following on from that i think it'd be really interesting to hear about your process for coming up with new deliveries and why you decided okay. to go down that route if that's okay yeah i think what was it when i started bowling a lot more when i first after the second season at gloucester i they wanted to to play me as a, a bowler in all formats and an all-rounder, you know, in the middle there. And I really hated the idea of bowling these little medium pace sort of things. And I just thought that's that's not really going to get me anywhere apart from playing a bit of county cricket. And that really didn't give me much, I don't know, it didn't sound exhilarating, it didn't sound like a great career for me. So I first went to try and get faster. And maybe I put on a two or three miles an hour when I when I tried that, but it wasn't it wasn't enough. So I decided I need to do something else and 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 try and well I went to watch a baseball game and I really loved the way the pitches changed it up so I I did that and then I decided to to play around all these different balls and and stuff like that and um yeah I sort of fell in love with with that side of things so I just started to do that and it's carried on ever since do you have a uh, do you have a favorite one did you know something was, you, know, you, know, you know like in um, in Zoolander he's got blue steel <laughs> Do you do you have like do you have a do you have a blue steel kind of favourite? Um, I, I I go through phases. I think depends how well they're coming out. Yeah, at the minute I'm obsessed with bowling these quick leg spinners, but I haven't quite done them in a the game yet. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean we've heard obviously there's quite a lot of reports. There's a bit of a mythology around Benny Howell about the number of deliveries you have. So I, I suppose I've got two questions on that. Is um, th- yeah, the first one is can you confirm roughly uh, what what the number is? Uh, and then, and then two. When you decide to add another delivery to your arsenal, like what? If you know, thinking about this like an artist, yeah. When you, what's, what's the conceptual stage for you? Like, what is it that ins- like gives you the inspiration to come up with a new ball or try something else? How do you perfect it, and uh, and and how do you know when it's it's ready to roll out in a match? So, I can't really give a number to that because it's sort of it's quite a fluid process with with the different balls I have because potentially. I can't even think. I have a lot, a lot of different balls, but I may just use one or two in a game at one time. Um, but the pro, so the process behind it would be because I can get carried away with a ball that may never be ready or even relevant in a game. I try and have the like an imaginary ball locker. So I'd have number one is the locker one where all the balls are bowling in a game that I'm comfortable with bowling, depending on the situation, the batter you know etc I can I can sort of pick out and use those then I'd have a locker two where the ones I want to use in the game they're not quite ready so I might trial them in a practice game or something like that and work on them in the nets and then I'd have like a locker three which is completely random anything goes in that one so any idea I chuck in there and most of those balls in locker three would just be thin um, because they're just purely ideas and, and rubbish but some from that locker may well go into locker two. And if I work hard enough on that, then I, it will go into the, into the match locker. So before each game, I do like um, study on, on, on the, on the other team and what may work against them. And, and the, obviously the pitch comes into play and decide what sort of balls I want to use in that game. So it may well only be three different deliveries that I might want to use in that game. So especially a T10, you've only got 12 balls and you know, they're trying to hit you out of the ground. So you might not want to use too many. You just want to use the right ones. So it's, it's a way for me to sort of compartmentalize what I'm going to use. Otherwise I can get carried away with all these different things and bowl them for the sake of it. So I have to try and get really specific with the options I have. And given, yeah, some, because there's a lot, some are, there's a lot, some are, are not quite as good as others, but 
I think it's important to have lots of options, but also yeah. important to, you know, it's also important to not just bowl them for the sake of it and really nail down on the ones that you're going to use in that game or in, in that series or whatever. Yeah, so I've got a couple of questions sort of following on from that, and I, I guess influenced by baseball, so I'm a big baseball fan. Mm. When, firstly, are there any are there any deliveries that you've taken you've literally ripped off of pitchers? And, and secondly, do you have, you know, you're using these different deliveries, um, presumably not quite at random in the game. Do you have anything, any kind of communication with your wicketkeeper so that they know what to expect? Um, because, you yeah. know... Not really. Most keepers, they, they, I would bolt them in the middle so they can get a feel for what, what's coming down. But they, they tend to be quite good. They quite move quite well and, and react. So I wouldn't tell them what I'm doing. They'll just just react to it. But um, they would. So it's good when I speak to the keeper and see what's come down because they can see what's happening. They can, you know, give me some little advice of like, you know, this ball's come down nice. I like this one. Yeah, you can use more of this or something like that. But apart from that, um, you know, they'll just react. And um, yeah, well, so what was the first one you said? Do I get it? I was, yeah, so you, you know, you you said it was that that was sort of the inspiration. Um, most pitchers will have three, four, or five. Um, yeah, they won't have too many. Yeah, yeah, variations. But um, like, is there anything that you you've seen someone pitch and been like, I could try that in cricket, and then it's 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 come off perfectly. Grip wise, yes, but because the baseball is different, they throw it. It's so different to having a straight arm. So. In terms of a grip, I say, oh, that's how they hold it. Maybe I can try that. And there's been a number of time, times where I've used exactly the grip that they use and it hasn't worked. But there has been, there's one I'm working on at the minute that it, I've got the same grip as a, as a pitcher and I, it's sort of in, in, in locker two at the minute. So we'll see if that comes off. But yeah, that, so I do watch that. I, I more think about how they use their finger pressure for different balls because I think that's so important because the end, the end of the day, the last, when you're bowling slower balls, um, even you know pace on balls the last bit of your body to touch the ball is is a finger well one of your fingers or a thumb potentially um, so just by thinking like like heavy pressure on a certain finger may just get the ball rotating in a certain way or, or this and that um, so there is definitely um, something I look at with the way they more I guess more talk about it and talk about how they approach like they're different pitches, do you know what I mean? So, because it's so specific in baseball, and they're very they they, they detail everything, and which I find fascinating. Um, so it's more like that side of things rather than the exact grip, because the baseball's different. They they don't throw it on the ground where we you know bowl it into the pitch. So you, you can um, watch everything, right? Everything on I think there's loads of baseball content yeah. that loaded onto YouTube. So actually, it's actually really quite accessible. Mm. Whereas, but cricket exactly. content is not really the same, right? You can't see it, yeah, because it's so big on changeouts. That's pitcher's job is literally to try and deceive the batter, and the batter's job is literally to try and pretty much hit home runs or get hit. Mm. So, like, that's that's all the, that's all their job is, and it's it's almost they're well ahead of cricket in that sense. So it's good to watch and see what they do. Um, I read a few books on it and and stuff um, just to see, just to get ideas. I find it fascinating as well. Cool. Um, that's you know really fascinating insight. What one of the things that uh, I, 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 we were listening back in preparation for the show. I was listening back to a couple of your other interviews. One with um, Jared Kimball, where, where you talked about wanting to be the first of the Benny Howes and and kind of being somebody who inspired other people to want to be like you. Um, you've sort of talked about the process there, and and we've seen the results. Is there anyone in the game you think who's kind of working along similar lines? And and are, I guess I don't know. I don't know if you've cast your eye across uh, the the rest of the cricketing 
or the professional cricketing population have thought that that's a potential successor there? Is there anyone we should keep an eye out for? Not in, not potentially in England. I haven't seen many who's done that. I think English, maybe the way that they've been brought up is still quite backward, but definitely in 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 the Afghan lads, there's a lot of um, mystery spinners. You know, like the guys like Majib, and obviously he's already you know international level. But there's a lot of guys here in UAE, guys from Afghan who've come over, and and they sort of bowl these lot sort of flicker things, and more from a spinner's run up though. But but not necessarily bowl leg spin or off spin. There, they're sort of flicking them out a bit like a Narine. I reckon there'll be a lot more of those type of bowlers coming through, especially when you play on wickets. That might offer just that adds a little mystery. But I haven't seen anyone run in from like the run-up I run in from yet. But maybe they don't need to because if they can do it from like a spinner's run-up and bowl quick flickers, it's not about, I guess it's not about how fast you bowl when you're when you're that sort of bowler like myself. It's not really how fast I bowl or quick spinners, not how fast. It's about the, the changes changes of pace, the use of your different, different deliveries that are deceiving batters. Do you know what I mean? So I think you've got to use your strength, I guess. I mean, I'm not going to bowl 90 miles an hour. So that's nor as a spinner, so then you've got to use what you're surprised got. if you did. Tell you what, if that, that'd be a hell of a variation. <laughs> I, got that. I can actually do that. It'd be amazing. But, um, <laughs> yeah, no, so I think there'll be a lot more of those guys, more like uh, the Majid types, definitely. I'm just picturing like uh, Benny Howe and the variations. It's kind of your like jazz band name as well as <laughs> as well as your uh, the people who follow you. So I think I like yeah. that. Kai Ahmed on sax. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, how do you view the increase, as you talk about um, baseball there, um, and they're kind of way ahead of where cricket is in terms of applying data to pretty much everything. Um, how do you view the increase in the use of data analysis in cricket? Is it more beneficial to a player like yourself? Because I'm guessing you've got probably a bit of a, a data fan club. Yeah, data is a funny one because data is very important, but it also can be very misleading if not done well. Um, so... It definitely helps massively, but I, I I like a bit of both. So I like to see data, but I'm more, I'm more like to see a lot of footage and see how the batsmen line up and how they go about it. And then I can uh, can work out what deliveries are potentially bold to those sort of batters and how they do it. So I, I like that. And I'm still sort of working on what is the best sort of research to do. Sometimes I get it wrong and, and over-research. Sometimes I don't do enough. So still sort of finding out what the best way of doing it is. But it can only I think it can only help as long as you don't get overwhelmed by it and, and forget what you're good at. It's um, one, one slice of that cake, right? That's kind of almost like the base yeah. layer. Just like, here's, here's enough information to make you dangerous, but then you're going to be like, right, here's the professional. Yeah. Well, for example, like over here in the T10, like we play at eight something, eight start, 8.30 now, I think, the last few games. And the ball's getting quite wet. Mm. And so the pitch is because it's a bit of dew. So it's it changes what potentially is all this data you've researched you've done on these batters you change completely what you have to do in the game so you have to be ready to sort of adapt and and see how the batter's going to play on that on that wicket on that particular in that particular innings or in that game and working out what the pitch is actually doing so then it, all the data you've looked at all the research could just change you might have to just just completely just go on instincts and go but well, actually no, i feel this is right and you've got to be open to that as well so that's why i believe in having a lot of different options because you need to be able to have those options. If you have only two or three options and and those options are just not suitable for this batter or that particular wicket, then you, it's not a recipe for disaster, but you've you got a good chance of getting hit out of the park. And as you've seen in T10, like it can happen. People yeah. just get on one hit four, five, sixes in a row. It's like, 
I mean, if you get hit for two sixes, then right, okay, how are you going to get out of that over? Do you know what I mean? It's it's brutal. Yeah, and are you are you looking to take wicket? I know this bit sound, might sound a bit of a stupid question, but are you looking to take yeah. wickets in T10, or are you just looking initially, to bowl dot balls? Initially, I was, so uh, I have been. Yeah, so initially, unless the batters, so like, I think the first game I bowled to Chris Gale towards the end, Chris Gale and Sterling, and they're already in on like 30, 40 of like 20 balls. So I was literally trying to stop them from scoring runs because I knew they're just, you know, trying to tee off. So I still might get a wicket from that. But if a guy's just come in or he just started innings, if he wants to take me on, if I'm going to bowl one on the stumps that potentially is a length that could get hit for six, but also get a wicket, I will do that. And then if it does, if he feels like he's got hold of me and, and got a couple away, then I'll go, right, Okay, I need to get out of this over. I need to just go for one here. One on dot, obviously. Dot's golden. So I initially always will look to take wickets, yeah. Because it wickets is, is key. Because you get wickets, you get a new batter in, even if they're still going. And, and it's always hard as a new batter to just hit from ball one. So wickets are still important. Yeah. Um, bringing it slightly closer to home. <clears throat> yeah. Um, now, and and uh, I, I guess moving on a little bit from the the, hot, the process part of of what we're talking about yeah. and we're lucky enough thanks to an interview we did with Jack Russell ages ago to have a little bit of a following in the Gloucestershire uh, or among Gloucestershire fans in, in, in the West Country okay. yeah 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 um, it seems it seems like that that club seems to hold a really really special place in people's hearts as as a as a player there why why do you think that is and, 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 I, and I'm assuming like um, you know why have you enjoyed your time there assuming that you have <laughs> no I have yeah Good question. Especially a matter of just turn around. No, it's absolutely <laughs> shit. Lost the shears and like, that'd be terrible. Good question. I'm not sure, to be honest. The West Country love, I think it's the same as Somerset fans. The West Country love their cricket. They, 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 they're very passionate about their own because I think we don't get the, maybe because we don't get the publicity of Lancashire's and your Surrey's and, and you know, Yorkshire's or whatever. Um, they're very proud of their, their West Country team, I guess. I have no idea the actual answer to that, but they seem to love it. You know what I mean? So I've, I have enjoyed it as well. No, I have enjoyed my time. It's very like everyone's very friendly and, you know, in the West Country. And um, yeah, they just get behind their team. I'm not sure the exact reason. Yeah, well, you know, you know, human emotion is complex, isn't it? Nobody really knows what no. uh, what what love is or or, or why we love. Um, <laughs> I think I think that's one of Benny Howard the variation songs, actually. That one. <laughs> what, what is love? Yeah. Um, love. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, from from an England point of view, or, or from the point of view of English cricket, the the the, yeah. the one place we haven't seen you is the international team. Um, mm. You've got to still have aspirations, right, to 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 play international cricket and. And I, I, I don't know, like, I, I guess in your mind, do you have like a, a theoretical route through to the T20 team? Yeah, I do. Two things that I'm with. One that's quite simple um, is if I'm playing as an all-rounder, my batting has got to improve um, and that's up to me. So I've got to be able to show that my batting is not just, yeah, you can hit a few power hitting down the middle, you know, occasionally. I want to be known as someone who's, dangerous like really dangerous like someone who they're worried about and the minute I'm not there yet um but that can change so that's one route that's one route in whilst obviously keeping um what I do with the ball the other route is so I'm working like I said I'm working on these quick leg spinners I've been working the last few years having the option to to bowl them in the game and not from the run-up I do literally just bowling quick leg spinners so that's that's sort of the the rogue option if you like but I'm confident that I'll be able to do that in a game. I guess we have to see what it looks like in the game first before I can 
comment on whether that will work. But yeah, that's there's sort of two different routes I reckon I, I've got to go in. And and given that I've got to still be successful at what I'm doing right now with the ball, that's a given. But I just feel like if they haven't picked me, picked me by now with what I do, it's obviously they don't think my bowling would be successful on really flat wickets. And I know people have different opinions on that, but that's just the way they're looking at it, I think. So they're the two different options I've got to go go for. Well, yeah, I mean, so, so I was, I was going to say, firstly, like the batting's been going pretty well recently. What was it, like 38 off 12 yeah. balls the other night? So that's, 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 a, that's a step. That's a start, that's a start yeah. <laughs> but secondly, like, you know, one of the things that we're learning about the game um, as as ball tracking stuff gets better is that actually, you know, when a, when a spinner or a fast spinner or you bowl a ball where you're putting rotations on the ball what you're doing is making that ball move in the air as well. So, you know, hopefully the the science and the data on, on that one is actually saying, you know, if the pitch is flat, somebody that's able to put like a, a fair decent number of revs on the ball, get the ball to dip maybe, or or, or get it to feel so sort of hanging in the air, is actually a decent option there. So, you know, fingers crossed on yeah, that one, hopefully. I guess I'm saying. Yeah. Hopefully, we'll see. I just got to keep, I guess, keep doing what I'm doing, plus adding, adding to my game, like I just said, and we'll see what, I guess you can't control what, you know, with selection and stuff, you've got to wait and see. Um, we know that you put your name in the hat for the IPL um, before, um, mm. following how well you did in Bangladesh. Um, it's going to be the mega auction this year round. Is, is, oh, there, going yeah. to be a, is there going to be another Benny Howe um, draft nerves and party? I don't expect to get picked up in that um, it, at the minute. So I'm not, I'm not nervous at all. If I get picked up, fantastic. But it's not, it's not, I'm not highly expecting it. But we'll see. I guess um, I've got this franchise, well, this T10 to try and perform and potentially one or two others before it comes in. So we'll see. But I'm they, they, love, they love a bit of a recency bias, don't they? So uh, you yeah, can we'll keep see. on going and you'll, you'll be in there. Um, we'll see. In the, in the T10, you, you speak about bowling to someone like Paul Sterling, bowling to against Chris Gale. Um, from a bowler's perspective, kind of who who's the who's the best that you play? Who's who's the mo- most um, I don't want to use the word scary because no one's really scary in cricket. But who's who's the most kind of imposing at the crease? Because you talk, I'd be pretty good. scared. This <laughs> guy's pretty fucking scary, I tell you. <laughs> Bowling to him and he's standing out at the other end. He's massive. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> no. um, who I did, the, the, the last thing you want to do is go. I, I saw that interview you did, Benny. I heard you're scared of me. No, they, they, they don't, no. you, I did. I did want to tee you up for that. He's okay if no. Jack's scared of Chris Gale. I'm not, I, I, yeah, I've been hit more than enough times to not be scared now. It's almost the more you get hit, the less scared you get now because you're like, well, it's happened so many times. Do you know what I mean? So, um, Paul Sterling's been playing pretty well. So, Bowling's in the last few games I've played um, against him has been pretty tough because he's been hitting so well. Like, he's he's known to hit width really well, but the last year or two, he's just swatting it over to leg side and just doesn't seem to miss. Um, so I've had a bit of, it's been, with him, it's been, it's been tough. I've managed to get him out a couple of times, but it's after he's hit me for a one, a one or two fours and sixes. So it's sort of, I reckon we're about even against each other. But the West Indian lads over here bowling to them, even the ones that aren't playing international cricket are pretty tough because although you can deceive him quite well, I think I can deceive him well. But if if, if I don't deceive him, every, every time I don't, it seems like the ball's just going for six because they've just got so much power and such a good eye that you can't miss. So those sort of lads are quite, quite tough to bowl to. And then the, the last bit: Do you have a uh, like a friendly rivalry within cricket? So I, I mean, Jack and I are playing the same team. We're obviously we've we've grown up together. We're obviously going to have a bit of rivalry there. 
do is there anyone on the kind of domestic circuit or franchise circuit where you're just like i can't wait to get you out and he's just like i can't wait to smash you for six mate kind of thing not on the franchise circuit but i know you know james fuller for hampshire okay he's one of my good good mates he hasn't played quite the level after county cricket uh above county cricket yeah but if he does um he's the one we're like good mates that he literally always talks about just trying to whack me out of the park can't wait to face me and stuff uh bowl to him like three balls and he's only hit me three singles so yeah. <laughs> we'll see Talks so i guess if that, if, that, if that rivalry if we do play hampton and bowling against him that's the only one i know it's not not a franchise player but uh, there's there's the rivalry there for sure yeah, you're waiting for him um benny it's yeah. been it's been an absolute pleasure to to talk to you and to hear your thoughts on bowling um uh it's it's yeah it's been really fascinating so thank you for no joining way. us on 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 the cricket podcast um i think we'll wrap up now is there anything that you want to um, say to our listeners or anything that you're working on that you want to plug um etc obviously besides woodstock cricket um what i'm working on um oh, like i said the quick leg spinners i think they're they're going to come out in the next year Rashid Howells, Rashid Howells. We'll certainly look forward. We'll see what happens. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll look forward to that. Um, yeah, yeah, great. Um, if you've been watching, listening at home, see you, see you later. Cheerio. <laughs> Cheers, guys. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.